0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Recording by Kevin Kivico. 20 years after by Alexander Dumas. Chapter 75. The return. During the six weeks that Athos and Aramis had been absent from France, the Parisians, finding themselves one morning without either queen or king, were greatly annoyed at being thus deserted, and the absence of Mazarin, a thing so long desired, did not compensate for that of the two august fugitives. The first feeling that pervaded Paris on hearing of the flight to Saint-Germain was that sort of a fright which seizes children when they awake in the night and find themselves alone a deputation was therefore sent to the queen to entreat her to return to paris but she not only declined to receive the deputies but sent an intimation by chancellor Segur implying that if the parliament did not humble itself before her majesty by negativing all the questions that had been the cause of the quarrel paris would be besieged the very next day this threatening answer unluckily for the court produced quite a different effect to that which was intended it wounded the pride of the parliament which supported by the citizens replied by declaring that cardinal mazarin was the cause of all the discontent denounced him as the enemy both of the king and the state and ordered him to retire from the court that same day and from france within a week afterward enjoining in case of disobedience on his part all the subjects of the king to pursue and take him mazarin being thus placed beyond the pale of the protection of the law preparations on both sides were commenced by the queen to attack paris by the citizens to defend it the latter were occupied in breaking up the pavement and stretching chains across the streets when headed by the coadjutor appeared the prince de conti the brother of the prince de conde and the duc de longueville his brother-in-law this unexpected band of auxiliaries arrived in paris on the tenth of january and the prince of conti was named but not until after a stormy discussion generalissimo of the army of the king out of paris as for the duc de beaufort he arrived from vendome according to the annals of the day bringing with him his high bearing and his long and beautiful hair qualifications which gained him the sovereignty of the marketplaces. the parisian army had organized with the promptness characteristic of the bourgeois whenever they are moved by any sentiment whatever to disguise themselves as soldiers on the nineteenth the impromptu army had attempted a sortie more to assure itself and others of its actual existence than with any more serious intention they carried a banner on which could be read this strange device we are seeking our king the next following days were occupied in trivial movements which resulted only in the carrying off of a few herds of cattle and the burning of two or three houses that was still the situation of affairs up to the early days of february on the first day of that month our four companions had landed at boulogne and in two parties had set out for paris toward the end of the fourth day of the journey athos and aramis reached which place they cautiously passed by on the outskirts fearing that they might encounter some troop from the queen's army it was against his will that athos took these precautions but aramis had very judiciously reminded him that they had no right to be imprudent that they had been charged by king charles with a supreme and sacred mission which received at the foot of the scaffold could be accomplished only at the feet of queen henrietta upon that athos yielded on reaching the capital athos and aramis found it in arms the sentinel at the gate refused even to let them pass and called his sergeant the sergeant with the air of importance which such people assume when they are clad with military dignity said who are you gentlemen two gentlemen and where do you come from from london and what are you going to do in paris we are going with a mission to her majesty the queen of england ah every one seems to be going to see the queen of england we have already at the station three gentlemen whose passports are under examination who are on their way to her majesty "'Where are your passports?' "'We have none. "'We left England, ignorant of the state of politics here, "'having left Paris before the departure of the king.' "'Ah,' said the sergeant with a cunning smile, "'you are mazarinists who are sent as spies.' "'My dear friend,' here Athos spoke, "'rest assured, if we were mazarinists, "'we should come well prepared with every sort of passport. "'In your situation, distrust those who are well provided with every formality.' enter the guard-room said the sergeant we will lay your case before the commandant of the post the guard-room was filled with citizens and common people some playing some drinking some talking in a corner almost hidden from view were three gentlemen who had preceded athos and aramis and an officer was examining their passports the first impulse of these three and of those who last entered was to cast an inquiring glance at each other the first arrivals wore long cloaks in whose drapery they were carefully enveloped one of them shorter than the rest remained pertinaciously in the background when the sergeant on entering the room announced that in all probability he was bringing in two mazarinists it appeared to be the unanimous opinion of the officers on guard that they ought not to pass be it so said athos yet it is probable on the contrary that we shall enter because we seem to have to do with sensible people. There seems to be only one thing to do, which is to send our names to Her Majesty the Queen of England, and if she engages to answer for us, I presume, we shall be allowed to enter. On hearing these words, the shortest of the other three men seemed more attentive than ever to what was going on, wrapping his cloak around him more carefully than before. "'Merciful goodness!' whispered Aramis to Athos. "'Did you see?' what asked athos the face of the shortest of those three gentlemen no he looked to me but tis impossible at this instant the sergeant who had been for his orders returned and pointing to the three gentlemen in cloaks said the passports are in order let these three gentlemen pass the three gentlemen bowed and hastened to take advantage of this permission aramis looked after them and as the last of them passed close to him he pressed the hand of athos what is the matter with you my friend asked the latter i have doubtless i am dreaming tell me sir he said to the sergeant do you know those three gentlemen who are just gone out only by their passports they are three frondists who are gone to join the duc de longueville "'Tis strange,' said Aramis, almost involuntarily. "'I fancied that I recognized Mazarin himself.' The sergeant burst into a fit of laughter. "'He,' he cried, "'he venture himself amongst us to be hung?' "'Not so foolish as all that.' "'Ah,' muttered Athos, "'I may be mistaken. I haven't the unerring eye of d'Artagnan.' "'Who is speaking of Monsieur d'Artagnan?' asked an officer who appeared at that moment upon the threshold of the room. "'What?' cried aramis and athos what planchet planchet added grimaud planchet with a gorget indeed ah gentlemen cried planchet so you are back again in paris oh how happy you make us no doubt you come to join the princes as thou seest planchet said aramis whilst athos smiled on seeing what important rank was held in the city militia by the former comrade of mousquetin bazin and grimaud and Monsieur d'artagnan of whom you spoke just now Monsieur d'herblay may i ask if you have any news of him we parted from him four days ago and we have reason to believe that he has reached paris before us no sir i am sure he hasn't yet arrived but then he may have stopped at saint-germain i don't think so we appointed to meet at la chavouette i was there this very day and had the pretty madeleine no news asked aramis smiling no sir and it must be admitted that she seemed very anxious in fact said aramis there is no time lost and we made our journey quickly permit me then my dear athos without inquiring further about our friend to pay my respects to monsieur planchet ah monsieur de chevalier said planchet bowing lieutenant asked aramis lieutenant with the promise of becoming captain tis capital and pray how did you acquire all these honours in the first place gentlemen you know that i was the means of m de rochefort's escape well i was very near being hung by mazarin and that made me more popular than ever so owing to your popularity no thanks to something better you know gentlemen that i served the piedmont regiment and had the honour of being a sergeant yes well one day when no one could drill a mob of citizens who began to march some with the right foot others with the left i succeeded i did in making them all begin with the same foot and i was made lieutenant on the spot so i presume said athos that you have a large number of the nobles with you certainly there are the prince de conti the duc de longueville the duc de beaufort the duc de bouillon the marechal de la mothe the marquis de sevigne and i don't know who for my part and the vicomte raoul de bragelonne inquired athos in a tremulous voice d'artagnan told me that he had recommended him to your care in parting yes count nor have i lost sight of him for a single instant since then said athos in a tone of delight he is well no accident has happened to him none sir and he lives still at the hotel of the great charlemagne and passes his time sometimes with the queen of england sometimes with madame de Chevreuse. he and the count de guiche are like each other's shadows thanks planchet thanks cried athos extending his hand to the lieutenant oh sir planchet only touched the tips of the count's fingers well what are you doing count to a former lackey my friend said athos he has given me news of raoul and now gentlemen said planchet who had not heard what they were saying what do you intend to do re-enter paris if you will let us my good planchet let you sir now as ever i am nothing but your servant then turning to his men allow these gentlemen to pass he said they are friends of the duc de beaufort long live the duc de beaufort cried the sentinels the sergeant drew near to planchet what without passports he murmured without passports said planchet take notice captain he continued giving planchet his expected title take notice that one of the three men who just now went out from here told me privately to distrust these gentlemen and i said planchet with dignity i know them and i answer for them as he said this He pressed Grimaud's hand, who seemed honoured by the distinction. Farewell, till we meet again, said Aramis, as they took leave of Planchet. If anything happens to us, we shall blame you for it. Sir, said Planchet, I am in all things at your service. That fellow is no fool, said Aramis, as he got on his horse. How should he be, replied Athos, whilst mounting also, seeing he was used so long to brush your hats. End of chapter 75